0: Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor in chief at BuffaloRumlings.com and host of Buffalo Rumlings a The Buffalo Bills are 1 0 after their week one win over the New York Jets, and they sit atop the AFC East alongside the New England Patriots who defeated the Miami Dolphins this week. Miami is where the Buffalo Bills are headed uh, in week two to try and get to 2-0 on the year. As always, we're taking your questions. 716-508-0405 is our voicemail line. That's open 24 hours a day. You can tweet us at Q and a That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email is buffalorumlingssbnation.com. You can also send us instagram and facebook messages using the buffalo rumblings account tons of ways to get in touch with the show you can leave questions in the show notes article over at buffalorumlings.com please share your questions for next week's episode as we continue moving into the 2020 nfl season let's get to my takeaways from the game first i really liked what the bills did on offense especially in the first half they were pretty much unstoppable by the New York Jets, and most of it was on the arms and legs of Josh Allen. He counted for 220 of the 223 yards in the first half. The Bills built a 21-0 lead that should have been even more. I mean, ultimately, he topped 300 yards passing for the first time in his career. Uh, they scored 27 points with four additional trips inside the 30. It just seems like they were moving the ball at, well, so I really liked what I saw. There was um, the screen game was there, which we haven't seen in a few years. They obviously really worked on it over the off season. Um, we saw you know, intermediate passes to John Brown. We saw um, you know, designed runs to Josh Allen, sure, but also you know, him getting the ball out to digs on you know, third and eight, he gets 10 yards or, or John Brown on a comeback after Josh Allen scrambles. I just thought it worked really, really well. Um, so I really liked what the offense brought to the table, especially in the first half. Also, Buffalo's defense uh, played super well. I mean, they moved Sam, Sam Darnold off of his spot over and over again, really confusing him and um, just harassing him all game. And uh, it showed on the scoreboard. They just they couldn't do anything other than that 69-yard catch and run where uh, Tremaine Edmonds got hurt. They really didn't allow a ton from the Jets until garbage time. Um, And so those are my two positive takeaways, but I did have four concerns that I shared. And maybe that's a little bit lopsided for such a convincing win, but I just think the Jets aren't a very good team, and if the Bills play that way against better teams, they're going to have a hard time winning. If they don't put 60 minutes together So Josh Allen's fumbleitis continues uh, He had 8 fumbles in his rookie year 14 fumbles last year And now 2 fumbles against the Jets uh, And that stuff just can't happen He needs to secure the ball better When he's running especially uh, When he gets hit in the pocket That's one thing And uh, that was pretty good actually on Sunday But if, if he's running the ball He needs to treat the ball like he's a runner Put two hands on it um, Tuck it close to his body So other guys can't get to it Uh, That can't continue. Again, you can't leave points on the field against good teams in the NFL. Imagine that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, and now you understand what I'm saying. The Chiefs are going to put up 30 points, even against the Bills, they have that uh, potential. So the Bills are going to have to score, and Josh Allen fumbling inside the 30 twice isn't a good way uh, for that to happen. Uh, Tyler Bass. Did not have a great game. But if you look around the NFL, and I mean, I wrote these takeaways right after the game on Sunday. So if you look around the NFL, kickers all over the place were having a terrible go of it uh, in week one. Uh, Steven Gostowski, uh with the Tennessee Titans was having problems. I mean, just you look around the league and I think it might just be um, something to do with the lack of preseason games, maybe. Uh, but there's a lot of kickers that were struggling this week, including Tyler Bass. Uh, The Bills have some linebacker depth issues after Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds both went out with injury. Now, I'll update it with what Sean McDermott said on Monday, which both of those guys are considered day-to-day. And uh, hopefully one or both of them will be back for Sunday. But the Bills lost four of their top linebackers on Sunday, uh, with Dalshaun Phillips and Terrell Dotson both going out of the game as well. So they finished with A.J. Klein. And, um, and Tyler Medikevich, and just that's pretty much all that they had left in the tank. They do have Andre Smith on the practice squad that they could promote, um, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that later in the episode. The running game, not very good um, outside Josh Allen, they just Zach Moss and um, Devin Singletary just could not get it going. But I think that is more of a byproduct of a really stout New York Jets uh, front four. As opposed to you know a failing of either of those two guys or even the offensive line, uh, it just those that front four for the Jets was number two in yards per attempt allowed last year, and yards rushing yards allowed, and that's with the Jets playing from behind a lot and teams trying to salt the game away against them. They still were a super stout run defense, so I'm not gonna worry about the run defense or the run offense just yet, um, but it was concerning that they couldn't really get a whole lot going on the ground. Those were my six takeaways from the Week 1 win. I was very pleased with how especially the first half went. I mean, it was just a dominating performance in the first half. Uh, you'd like to see them kind of put the you know foot on the throat, but the game never felt in doubt. The Bills, even though they struggled in the third quarter again, which is uh, seems to be a problem with them going back you know multiple seasons now, that they just come out of halftime and just takes them like 10 minutes to get back into the game. Other than that, um, I just—it was a, a really dominating win for the Buffalo Bills. Um, a smothering defense, a super effective offense, especially in the first half. And uh, it was just—it was nice to not be stressed out the entire game, uh, even when the Bills were struggling and the Jets had that long uh, catch and run touchdown. I didn't get a sense that the Jets were going to make a comeback. Um, Tyler Bass—I I wasn't worried about. You know the missed kicks or anything like that now if josh allen comes out and throws another interception or there's another turnover that would have started to get me on the path toward being worried i just i never got there at all on sunday and i'd be surprised if most of you did so uh, let's get to your questions now we will stick with that linebacker depth issue um, and save dave on twitter asks us how long until lorenzo alexander is in the building seriously with testing and everything what's the soonest if the bills decided to bring in lorenzo alexander they probably would have waited until after the medical checks on monday for matt milano and tremaine tremaine edmonds and like i said sean mcdermott said those injuries were both day to day so if they wanted to bring in lorenzo they could theoretically have brought him in monday because he lives locally uh, bring him in monday for a COVID test tuesday he has to take another COVID test and then they could sign him on wednesday when the results came back from that um, it's much more likely that they're going to plan on a a larger role for Andre Smith this week, but the bills do have an open roster spot right now with Josh Norman on injured reserve from last week. They didn't sign anybody to the active roster. Instead, they promoted two practice squad players under the COVID-19 rules. So um, the bills are doing some cool roster stuff. I really like, I really appreciate it. So uh, Lorenzo Alexander could theoretically be in the building by the end of the day, um, well, by the beginning of the day, Wednesday, um, for you know a full week of practice if they decided to go in that direction. I think it's a little bit early to pull the trigger on Lorenzo. Uh, they need a coverage linebacker with Edmonds and Milano both out, and Alexander is not that kind of player. Uh, he's very effective and very good at a lot of things. I just don't see him in that role um, as a coverage linebacker. And they probably don't want A.J. Klein there either. So uh, that's why I keep coming back to Andre Smith. Not that he's some sort of great coverage linebacker, but I think he's a little bit more fluid uh, in that area of the game. So uh, thanks for your question over on Twitter at Q and a And that comes from Save Dave. Tony Hernandez also asked us the same question over on Facebook um, about Lorenzo Alexander returning to the team, but he followed it up with, uh, is there a chance for Medikevich to get some snaps? I doubt it. I don't think the Bills are looking at getting Tyler Medikevich any snaps. Um, He's a liability on defense. He's there for his special teams um, only in my opinion. And so, I mean, in an emergency situation or with the game well in hand, you might see him get some snaps. Like they had Saran Neal go out and replace Tredavious White in the fourth quarter with the game in hand against the New York Jets. You might see that with, like, Tyler Medikevich coming in and taking some snaps on defense if the game is in hand against the Miami Dolphins. But I don't think it's going to be the plan to have Medikevich get defensive snaps against the Miami Dolphins. So thanks for that follow-up question, Tony, over on Facebook. We'll be right back after a quick break to talk about the other side of the ball and go forward into the game against the Miami Dolphins. All right, welcome back. We're in full season mode over at BuffaloRumblings.com. Make sure you. Are checking out our website every day we've got plenty of information both recapping the game against the new york jets previewing the miami dolphins um the, the podcast network's been all over it we have podcasts dropping almost every day of the week now so you should check it all out over to a facebook where james asks us my biggest question is where was the running game this week so i talked i touched on this a little bit earlier in my five takeaways but let's really dive into the numbers here Uh, devin singletary had nine carries for 30 yards zach moss had nine carries for 11 yards and then josh allen had 14 carries for 57 yards to lead the team in both categories so let's take allen out for a second and talk about just singletary and moss singletary averaged just over three yards per carry uh going up against like i said that stout jets front four it never really felt like he was going to break one. Uh, he had one that uh, the Bills blocked really well, and he was slippery. He got uh, 12 yards on, uh, but that was the enigma. So if he had 12 yards on that, that's almost half of his entire rushing total for the game. Moss, on the other hand, 9 carries for 11 yards. Yeah, they gave him the ball on the goal line a few times, so it's not like he had a lot of room to work with, but that just reminds me of the Frank Gore situation last year. Now Moss did find the end zone on a pass from Josh Allen uh, to score his first NFL touchdown in his NFL debut. So that was nice to see. But uh, Moss had a long run of 7, and Singletary had a long run of 12. And then they both saw significant targets in the passing game as well. Uh, Singletary was targeted seven times, and Moss was targeted four times in the passing game. Singletary's numbers are actually really close to what the Jets allowed in 2019. They were allowed 3.3 yards per attempt. And so it just... I get why the Bills were struggling. And I also understand why the Bills used so much read option with Josh Allen. And it just... It makes sense that you wouldn't want to run into the teeth of that four-man front from the New York Jets. It's led up front by Quinton Williams, a former top-five pick at nose tackle. Then you've got Steve McClendon, who's had a solid NFL career at the other nose tackle spot. Henry Anderson's another really solid defensive lineman for the New York Jets. Not to mention the outside linebackers that are brought down to the line in Greg Williams' uh, scheming, blitzing defense. So uh, we talked about the, that there was going to be some problems in the secondary with the Jets, their their cornerbacks and safeties. And so the Bills took advantage of that. Uh, they didn't really need to run the ball. And I actually think that worked out really well because, I mean, you're, we, we like to talk about Josh Allen not getting to that 300-yard mark. Passing, but this was the game to do it. It was in a win. It was a game that they had to keep scoring points, and it was a game that the running game just wasn't clicking. So uh, after that fumble at the end of the first half, the Bills didn't run Josh Allen until his kneel downs at the end of the game, and instead went uh, quick passes and you know a, a few runs to Singletary and Moss sprinkled in there to try and salt away the game. So. Uh, I actually think it worked out really well, and it shows the trust level that they have in Josh Allen, and Allen rose to the occasion. So as much as the run game was concerning, I think it showed a few other things, that you know they can do the timing passing game with Josh Allen, that they can move the ball on the arm of Josh Allen, and that um, even if the running game isn't clicking on all cylinders, that they can still win the game and you know salt away clock at the end of the game so i lay it more on the feet of you know the front seven front six front four five guys in the new york jets defensive rotation as opposed to the bills just not having a great run game if we say the same thing a week from now after the miami dolphins or you know in a couple weeks then then it'll be cause for concern but right now i just don't think it's something to be super worried about so thanks for your question over on facebook Sticking at the running back position, we had a fantasy football question in from uh, nasty 2318 I'm assuming the Bills will run more against the Dolphins considering the Dolphins gave up 217 yards on the ground. That being said, is Zach Moss a good fantasy option this week or start someone else? I've been saying this pretty much all offseason that I don't think Zach Moss is a great fantasy option um, and it has nothing to do with Zach Moss in particular. I think it has everything to do with what the bills do inside the red zone and especially inside the five yard line. You saw Josh Allen run the ball in on the goal line Sunday against the New York jets. And that's a play that they love to run. They love to run, you know, a spread option with, with Allen taking a shotgun snap and potentially running it in, uh, in this case in week one, it was a bootleg, um, out to the left side and nobody was there. So he just ran it to the pylon and ran it in, um, whether it's the QB sneak or other designed runs, the Bills love running Josh Allen and getting a hat on a hat inside the five-yard line. So when you have that extra guy, that's essentially what you're doing. If you put the, the ball in the quarterback's hands, you've got 10 blockers, and if he makes one guy miss, or they don't even have to miss. They just have to you know, tackle him and not drive him backward. So it's really beneficial for the team to have a quarterback that can do it. I mean, we've seen Tom Brady do it year after year, and he's not exactly a, a big guy, but they're going to give him the ball inside the one-yard line every single time, and so Moss is going to be limited in his ability to score touchdowns. But you saw them give him the ball inside the five a couple times, and he wasn't able to punch it through against the New York Jets. So I don't think he's going to get the yardage to you know, require him being even a flex option. Um, And and if he's not going to get those short yardage touchdowns, I just don't see how Zach Moss is a viable fantasy football option. That doesn't mean he's not going to get the ball and be effective. I just, if you're talking specifically with fantasy football, I don't think he's a great play. Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Q and a Last up is B. Mormon 2020. How do you rate the performance of the reserve players who filled in for Edmonds, Hyde, etc. Didn't one of the practice squad guys get a sack? Well, let's start with the replacement options. I thought Terrell Dodson played okay until he was injured himself at linebacker. Um, A.J. Klein, I mean, he did better than I thought he was going to do in that coverage role, um, but the Bills were a nickel pretty much the whole game. Um... Saran Neal even came in at cornerback late in the game for Tredavious White and I thought did fine. Um, Dean Marlowe is a guy that I'm comfortable with coming in for Micah Hyde when he tweaked his ankle in, in the game. Um, he, he's a heady player, knows what he's doing, um, and, and can really come in and do, uh, do a nice job, and I think he did. So I didn't really notice a lot of the backups when they were playing, which on defense is a really, really good thing. So, yeah, we'll go with that. Now, let's talk about the practice squad guy that got a sack. Terrell Dodson did get a sack, and he was on the practice squad last year. He made the roster outright this year and was in, in the game in place of uh, Milano. So he got a sack, but I think the guy that you're talking about is Justin Zimmer, who is the defensive tackle promoted to the active roster from the practice squad due to the COVID-19 rules regarding you know, roster shifting and everything like that. Zimmer came in and had himself a game. He's a gamer, as, uh, as Brandon B. would like to say. He had four tackles and a tackle for a loss. Um, really coming out of nowhere um, to play a very solid game. I, I saw him in the backfield several times uh, against the New York Jets, and uh, the stats bore that out. So he's probably the guy you were talking about. Um, I was really impressed with, you know, just how seamless it was with the defense. Like you could never really tell who was in. I thought Ed Oliver uh, did a really nice job. Which, you know, Ed Oliver doing what Ed Oliver does as a top ten pick allows guys like Justin Zimmer and Mario Addison to have really nice games. Which you see that in the stat sheet. You don't necessarily see a great game from Ed Oliver. Um, I think his stat line was one assisted tackle. And one QB hit. Okay, so not a great game from him on the stat sheet, but if you watched the the film, if you watched him in the game, I mean, he was in the backfield all the time and really given the Jets fits, which allowed Mario Addison and uh, Justin Zimmer and the rest of the Bills' defensive line to really have a nice game. Trent Murphy even getting in there for a sack. So we, I think we might underestimate the impact that ed oliver has and i mean that guy is ready to explode this season Um, so make sure you check that out as well i want to thank everyone for their questions this week Uh, we had some really nice conversation as we get into the season i want to hear from you more voicemail line 716-508-0405 you can call it 24 hours a day and it'll go right to voicemail you don't have to talk to anybody send me uh, tweets at rumblings Q&A that's with the word and spelled out in the middle you can email us rumblings at sbnation.com Facebook messages like we had today uh, Instagram messages work as well those are on the regular Buffalo Rumblings account please 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 send in your questions for our future episodes because it makes the, the show that much better Rate, subscribe, tell a friend about the podcast. It really helps uh, broaden our reach, which we've been doing a really nice job of since last year. Thanks again, and Go Bills.